<clears throat> we ready, guys? No. And there's our cold <laughs> open. Gentlemen, you realize we've found. Who knows what waits for us in nature's no man's land? Those hands and those eyes. You've got to do something about it. You've got. Baffling questions. Astounding questions. Earthly or unearthly? Is it human or inhuman? Hello and welcome to another episode of It Came From The Bottom, once again brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. And how about another MST3K movie, guys? No. No? (laughs) But they're so much fun. They're short. Nonsensical? So far they've been mostly short. (laughs) So there's that. Mostly. 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 This week we watched Invasion of the Neptune Men. 
from yes. 1961. Which I liked better when it was called Prince of Space. Yes. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> They're totally different, Zip. No, no they no, are Zip, not. Zip, 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 Zip. No, no. Look, they look, are fuck not. Fuck you, man. This guy is named Space Chief. And he fights aliens from Neptune. Are you kidding me? Mm. Crankor and Prince of Space. It's completely different. <laughs> these, these are not aliens <laughs> from Neptune. It's or, men in cheap robot costumes. Yeah. Which makes no sense. Right. Well, anyway. So, <laughs> had either of you seen this movie before? Uh, I no. had not, no. No? No. Not nope. even the MST3K does? No. Neither one? No. Well, I mean, I did, but it was called Prince of Space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've all seen it at least once before. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, this movie, I, I mean, again, I, 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 I'm not surprised at all that this is so derivative of Prince of Space. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, yeah, it's basically the same. Well, I mean. Well, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. So, Zip, do you have the IMDb description for this movie? Uh, well, I do. Um, there are three entries that are listed. Um, they are all rather in the vein of the MST3K version. Um, but I will read uh, an entry from our old pal Leo Schwab. Yay! Yay! Who... Um, Starts it off with putting in parentheses English version <laughs> because we did not watch the original Japanese language version. Um, slow moving aliens from the planet Neptune wearing nose cone shaped space helmets attempt to invade Earth in a winged rocket ship. Yeah, I said winged. But they are thwarted by a mysterious superhero called Space Chief, who flies around in a rocket-propelled car. It's all true. Can you read the other one, the one that I really uh, yeah. like, please? Um, and this was posted anonymously. Clumsy invaders from Neptune are thwarted by hero Space Chief and a nondescript group of micro-short-wearing Japanese kids. <laughs> favorite and that is Which, the most true and that is true as well yes. yes yeah and and the only reason why i wanted you to read it well besides mm -hmm. the fact clumsy and you know micro shorted right. well the, the other one is even funnier yeah, the, but the um, kids they're not listed in the credits y'all and it could be argued they are the main character yeah i yes. would say so i mean maybe their parents got a test screening and asked they be removed <laughs> maybe but Can they're they there they're there <laughs> Yeah. It'd be nice to see where these kids are. Open on a... It's an illustration of space. And you could tell the mm -hmm. artist, or at least the director, was very proud of this because they just linger on it for the longest time. Oh, these yeah. Slow, short-ass titles. Okay. We have four total title cards the entire credit sequence. We then transition from this ship coming to Earth. It's, I guess, oh, a I video... I thought you said shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I mean, you it, did, said ship. it was a I'm pretty sorry. shitty effect. Yeah, so it was. Apt. Oh, my God, the effects in this movie. So, I guess it's a video they're watching in this classroom, because we cut to this classroom next, and it's mm -hmm. led by Dr... So, okay, this was very confusing to me, this guy's name. Because in the credits, he appears as... What was it? Well, his name is Tabana. Tabana, that's how yes. it's pronounced in the movie. Yeah. But the other guy is Tanaway. Right, but yeah. if you look at the IMDb description, he has a completely different name. It's not Tabana. Oh, yeah. It's Tachibana, Tachibana. Yeah. and Tanigawa. Yeah, 
and it that's is, not how they're yeah. no. that's not how they're referred to in the movie. So the doves were just and, like, oh, that's a little too cultural. Let's go ahead and pull right, it back a little yeah, bit that's a, it's and pull it back. A little, back. Yeah, they pulled back a lot. Yes, because the the English dub on this is horrendous. horrendous. This may be jumping ahead, but is it fair to say that the dub is the worst part of this movie? Pretty much. I yeah, I yeah. would agree with that. Yeah, the, I mean the the dub is horrifying. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's so mixed up. I mean, we we have these kids that we meet throughout the movie, and they're they're again arguably our main characters. Mm-hmm. And some of them have adult voices. Some of them have what sound like kid voices. Some of them have adults adults trying to, make, like trying to sound like a kid. Yeah, and and it's it doesn't feel like they were all recorded together. No, it really the, this entire movie it feels like all of the the English speaking dubs were recorded individually. And then splice together in the worst way possible. Yeah, there's no interaction. There's no interaction between the people speaking in this at all. No. Agreed. I think two of the kids sounded all right. Two of them did. One Mike of them Hobo sounded like didn't. Carrie Fisher. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then the other ones just sounded like I sound right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they did. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, my hobo in a barn sounded terrible, but. I think I know which one is your hobo in a barn. Was, oh, my God. <laughs> he comes right out the gate. So. Dr. Tabana is the teacher of these... Is he a doctor? He, they keep calling him Mr. Tabana and then Dr. Tabana. It's like they can't make up their mind. He I is think definitely he's a, a scientist. Yeah, he's a scientist. So he must have a PhD. But it's I never guess. established where exactly this all is taking I place. I never got a sense of place. I thought, okay, well, we're in school, but it's not a school because these are the only kids in existence, according to this movie. It's some sort of nuclear plant. It's some... <laughs> It's a, it's actual a, it's, it's a scientific right research a place and an embassy <laughs> that's on the side of a mountain, and like they're in the fucking Sound of Music. <laughs> yeah, like it's in this idyllic, idyllic uh, <laughs> lush, forested mountain. Yeah, where they then run all the way, and and he's like, he tells them, I was like, okay, well, you know, yeah, we invented this rocket that's going to the moon, and it's going to send us back pictures and stuff. Okay, go out and play. And the next thing you know, the kids are like two miles away setting up all of this lab equipment in the middle of a field. <laughs> These kids cover some ground. Yeah, they they do. did. Yeah, I never got a real clear sense of where we were no, and how all. all this happened. All that we really learn about these kids is just that one of them is the son of one of the accomplished scientists who's developing this amazing breakthrough. His, the kid's name is Kenny, and he's a smug little fucker because it, <laughs> cuts, it cuts to him, and he just has this like little shitty grin on his face. Not my hobo in a barn. Yeah, the kids are are going out to this field by themselves, unsupervised, mm-hmm. setting all this equipment up. It's like it's like a Goonies like buttercream gang sort of vibe <laughs> that you get with both of them. <laughs> Was that too obscure? Buttercream is, but I got the Goonies part. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Okay. And the kids spot this, I guess, satellite, what they think is a satellite, falling through the telescope. Well, because that's what they've been talking about. They're talking about this amazing satellite that they developed and sent into outer space. And so that's what they're going to try to see. Yeah. So that it, it, he tells them to go out and play. And their version of play is running like three miles away. <laughs> To set up a bunch of telescopes or and whatnot in the middle of a field and all these banners. Well, you know like, why he does why it. Why are they putting banners up? He does it because he wants to get laid. Because the the kids are looking through the telescope and they have it pointed down to where Doctor well, Tabana is. Well, that's true. Yeah. So the kids are trying to see the satellite, which is purportedly in outer space, and the kid who 
gets the telescope together is like looking around and looks down in the valley and sees the professor making out with some woman. Who we never... Who I, 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 no I never had any idea who she, she was. She pops up a couple times, but she is You no see her a couple of times, but there she doesn't really have much to say. There are women in this movie, really. Yeah. Yeah, and... I don't have no idea what her name is. Yeah, no. We um, just know that she's some sort of romance right. interest for But we never professor. see her. No. And the only other woman is uh, Tanaway's daughter. Right. Um, but yeah, so this kid, the glasses kid, is my hobo in a barn. It. Yeah. I, lo- I loved him. I loved, <laughs> I loved him. I love this kid. Because he, in the dubbing, mm-hmm. he gets just, he gets um, made fun of, he gets yelled at, and he's like, whatevs, yo. He's the chunk of the group. He is. He's chunk. And he, I love him so much. And he looks like he's wearing pajamas. So that made me love him even more. So he was always comfortable. He's these adorable round spectacles. Oh my God. He was so cute. So he's my hobo in a barn. And I don't know his name. Nope. The only name we ever get is Kenny. Yeah, true. So, yeah. And because they weren't credited, I can't tell you who he is. So, but um, he's got the telescope pointed down. And then they're like, you that's not where the satellite will be. So he's like, oh, okay. So then he just points the telescope <laughs> yeah, up. He makes some smart-ass <laughs> yeah, comment. They're like, that's not where the satellite is. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I forgot. <laughs> as he points yeah. the as And then the satellite is magically there, yeah. and which isn't really a but satellite. It's not, it's the, not satellite. the satellite. And so he just points from, because uh, he watches this, quote, satellite yes. fall. And so he points and then just sort of estimates where it would have landed. Yeah. And then much. they go running for 15 hours. Seriously. <laughs> oh my the, God. the spot that they would have run to from where they are currently standing, it would have taken half a day to get there. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so they get to Canada and, and they're looking <laughs> in this field and this is weird spaceship that's just fallen there. And, yeah. and it has clearly landed. It has not fallen. It, no, it, it is. It has landed. Well, I don't it know the mechanics of the ship. Perfectly upright. Yeah. But no, but their discovery of it is one of my favorite parts because they're running in the woods and they're like, oh, look at this thing on the ground. It's like, oh, that's nothing. Oh, you're right. And they're like, well, where could it have gone? And they start to walk away and one of them turns and like, wait, look at that. And it's a huge <laughs> fuck off spaceship. <laughs> Not 50 yards away from where they were standing. Like, how did you not see that the first time? Really? You spotted a fucking acorn on the ground, but you didn't see the gigantic spaceship standing in the middle of the woods? And then they spot our titular Neptune men. Oh, my God. Which, (sighs) oh, boy. Um, They were by, like, the way they moved during the fight that's coming up. They were almost uh, all my hobo in a bar. You can't even call that a fight. That implies they put no, up a no, fight. No, it wasn't a no, fight. They were, they were they, doing the robot. No, they were, but their arms were straight up the they whole time. Well, that time. was some, some kind of like signal that they emitted. Like They raised their arms up, and it's like... Yeah. Which, um, were, which is apparently how they communicate because they the, don't talk. They have the arm ability of like the little brother from a Christmas story. Yes. They, they, it was like, the Neptune horror. Yeah. Some <laughs> simple <laughs> hand Drunk gesture is how they communicate with each other. They have robot heads. Yeah, yeah. there you go. It's like they start playing YMCA and they just go, Why? Oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah, the Neptune men, they gather the boys together and they start touching them for a little bit <laughs> until the. They do. Until this. They do. this Strange man in a car that's not at all the Prince of Space <laughs> shows up because he doesn't have a name yet. Apparently, I just wrote, "Is it the Prince of Space?" 
Wouldn't that be amazing if this was a sequel? I seriously thought it was. Yeah, yeah I did too. I really thought it was. When he landed, I'm like, well, that's not the same kind of vehicle because this is clearly a car with rocket wings attached to it. Yes. Yeah. It's a convertible. But yeah. when he got out and you see him for the first time, I'm like, isn't that what the Prince of Space wore? Yep. That's what I thought it too. It looks awfully similar. Yeah. yeah. So this is an embarrassing fight, guys. Oh, it's so... Because, again, it's... The it's, stupidest It's just fight. them standing there, and he just... He's doing some, some flashy moves. Is he? I mean, comparatively, <laughs> yeah. To the Neptune men? Yes. Yeah, they just kind of just stand there and take yeah. it. Well, because their arms are straight up, Jack. Yeah. But the problem is, is like, it's... The fight's pretty much just taken in one or two shots, unbroken. This is the... This, you know what? This is the kind of fight where I would not have minded the fight choreographer slash editor from... Iron Fist to come in because this is where he is actually needed for a change. Yeah, but it's an embarrassing fight, and of course he kicks her ass because he's the hero. And then that's pretty much it. I mean, the aliens they get back into their spaceship. We see this weird tube go up inside it. That sounds right. weird out of context. And yeah, and then the kids start cheering the, the guy on. And you notice this throughout this movie. Whenever they meet him and he saves the day. He immediately jumps to his car, very overdramatically, stands up as they run over to yeah, him. Yeah, like, it's like because they're running to congratulate him, right. and he immediately jumps up in that car, like I need to get as far away from these fuckers as possible. <laughs> it's true. That's exactly how it it's comes across. As if he were autistic, where he's yeah. like, he I can't. jumps up in the car and yeah. stands right in the middle of it, so they cannot get to him. Right. <laughs> it's like and, is, is, and just stands there and looks at them. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, Mister, you did great." And he's like, he's like "What? Go away. What? <laughs> what?" Bye, and like gets in his car and flies off. Like seriously, he doesn't even tell me. Well, oh, no, no, no. First, first, mm-hmm. they they come up to him and they just start calling him Space Chief, yeah. right? And he's like, "Well, my 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 name is Greg, but that's just fine." <laughs> now get the fuck away from my car. And Pretty he, much. Then he takes away. And in takes the, car. the fuck off. Just like yeah. I ain't got time for this shit. <laughs> And and that's pretty much it for the like this could have easily been a ten minute short and that would have been the end of it. And I thought it was. Yeah. I, yeah. Because when he flies away, the music the triumphant music swells, the kids are standing there waving at him as he flies off into the distance, there's a fade out, and I thought, Oh my god, that's the end of the movie. That's what yeah. I wrote. This and that is the exactly the ten minute mark. And you know what? I, I thought that, I will go that, ahead and say that's this. awesome. This would have been so much stronger if this had been an anthology. Yeah, sure. Instead, they decided to continue yeah. it on. It's almost like this was like a pilot, and they said, "Hey, we mm-hmm. like this a lot. Let's continue this." Yeah, because the next thing we know, we're in a completely different location, a completely different professor as talking to someone else, like completely different characters we've never seen before. Yeah, up to this point, right. because and we are like, There's an entirely new movie starting. I have no idea what's going on exactly. right now. And it's it's a much more confusing one. This was straightforward. It, it was yeah, fine. from here on out, it gets so confusing. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's at least a, a saving grace that the movie's only 70 minutes oh long. But Now, th- we meet these scientists who discover that something, we don't know what yet, is reversing stuff. Like clocks and Record vinyl players. records. Yeah, yeah. And trains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved the singing railroad workers. Yeah, they, they were, were almost my hobos and Mark. Yeah, they were great. <laughs> I have no idea what they were singing, but they're just plowing away in the railroad. They see yep. a train coming at them, like, whoa, we should move. And then they just <laughs> back away. It's just a reverse of it. Yeah. The, everything is just a reverse shot. Yeah. They just, uh, yeah. The kids, the, when these things start happening, the kids d- tell these reporters and the scientists who are all gathered in the same room conveniently and to let them in. 
they, they tell them about the aliens and they tell them about Space Chief, who they've just named. They naturally don't believe them. They laugh it off like, ha ha, you're children, we're adults, we know better than you. <laughs> and the kids, they're like, yeah, well, come to this crash site, we'll show you what's real and what's not. And they grab this one photographer who I guess is just bored. He had a lot of time on his schedule. In the meantime, we determined that what's causing these these things to malfunction, this technology, is something called a sigma wave. I guess we put it together that it's coming from the planet somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we can assume from that that the spaceship is still here. Yes. Hence why the kids want to go to the crash site. All right. We have this really dramatic shot of Dr. Tenaway. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have this like, really dramatic, like slow zoom into him standing dramatically at the edge of a balcony. That was, again, nothing really didn't really add anything to the scene, but I thought that was kind of interesting. There were some really fun tracking shots and angles yeah. in this movie. You know, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say this movie was definitely shot a lot better than Prince of Space. Oh, without question. Yeah. It, yes. It's it's shot very cinematically. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely. Yeah. There are some there were some things that I really liked about this movie. There yeah. there there are some gorgeous tracking shots. Um very yeah, like you said, just very cinematic. Yeah. It, there there are lots of beautiful things. Yes. done in this in this film. Tabana somehow suspects that the Neptune men are on Earth because he believes the kids because, you know, why wouldn't he? Cuz someone has to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He believes they're somehow connected to the sending of the Sigma Ray. So, again, that's how we kind of piece this together. The kids then get to the crash site, and they spot this shiny metal object in the middle of the field because the ship is no longer there. And the photographer's like, well, I'm bored now. I'm just going to leave these kids unattended, That I, even though I drove them here. Yep. Yeah, to, yeah, because at first he's like, "Are you sure? it's, it's not safe for you kids to be out here by yourself. And they're like, we're okay. And he's like, okay, I'm leaving. And then he just takes off. Yeah. <laughs> It's just complete 180. Yeah, it's like, like you, you kids, y'all, y'all aren't safe out here by yourselves. You sure? Okay. Yeah. Off. <laughs> but it's fine because the kids find a little shiny piece of metal in the in the grass, which right. I guess is just a piece of the spaceship that the space chief shot off. The kids take the metal back to Tabana. Meanwhile, the aliens blow up a nuclear reactor on Earth with, I guess, the Sigma rays? Is that what we're supposed to put together with this? Like, did that directly cause this? I guess. Was it just an escalation of malfunction until it hit a nuclear power plant or I reactor? It's, they don't explain it at all. Yeah. And then, if a nuclear reactor exploded, all those people would be dead, right? Murgis and wouldn't it very be fucked up. a radioactive I, site? And they'd have to right. evacuate. So the rest of the movie takes place in purgatory. <laughs> I'm like, honestly? <laughs> and what we have on our hands is a lost situation. Right? I just... Really? A nuclear reactor just exploded. Yeah. Right. But instead of actually lingering on that and the repercussions, we cut to this council of world leaders who are so- somehow all Japanese. And right. They decided There's one to- American. There is... One. There's, there's one, yeah. One. Oh, yeah. system. They decided to declare war on the planet Neptune. Where was the evidence? What was the, where was the investigation to this? Right. How do they know? Awesome. If they don't believe the kids and they didn't see the ship, how do they know? How, what? Man, I can't figure out what's going on. Well, those kids did say there was a, a <laughs> Neptune situation. You know, that's fine. It's got to be that. Then we cut to this alien mothership that we see. That looks like a lightsaber with wings. It does. It, you know what? It looks like a cock gun. Yeah. They fly down 
to attack the Earth, but we have this great saving grace now called the barrier. Electro barrier. Oh, excuse me. The yes. electro barrier. Now, can I just ask one question? Yeah. Did you get a sense one? at this moment if there was just one ship or if were there multiple ships? I'd no, it was my understanding there was always just the just one the ship. One until we get to later. Until later okay. on, and it dispatched smaller ships. Okay, because the the way they shot this thing and the way people reacted to it, it seemed like you could see this ship from anywhere. From anywhere, right. And Unless you're one of the kids. Right. <laughs> so, okay, so, all right, thank you. All right. I, I do have to say I do like the – I liked the interior of the Neptune men's ship, especially mm-hmm. – the rolling chairs. Indeed. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, technology is the same everywhere on every Do you planet. even see these things sitting down? It. Uh, once. Imagine that, though. They're just right. sitting down with their arms out in the opposite direction. <laughs> That's just silly. <laughs> so this, let's talk about this electro barrier because they've been talking this up a little bit throughout the movie up until now. Dr. Tenaway uh, created this thing. It's supposed to be this barrier made of electrodes or electrons, excuse me, that sure. protect anything from getting in. They never specify exactly sure. what, so we just assume that right. it's just a dome it's, made it's out of some electrons. some kind of force field. Over multiple cities, yeah. not right. just where they are. There's multiple domes. Okay, which is why I wondered, why did they need multiple domes if it's just one ship? Right? Because we, I guess they figured the Because all cities are in peril. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we only focus on the one. Okay. Right. I, I'm just saying, look. I, I mean. I'm sorry. I'm trying to make sense of this. <laughs> don't you think they had already learned their lesson 10 years prior? <laughs> Which, don't think a lot of that didn't play into this movie as well. Right. So, so, yeah, the aliens fail to get through the dome the first time they try, and... We have this scene where, while this is happening, we see all these different Japanese men arguing and clamoring and, and, and panicking. And this was the part where I'm just thinking this entire movie was dubbed by people who could not speak Japanese even a little bit. Oh, no. They I'm saw not. the entire movie in Japanese. They figured they had no idea what they were saying, so they just decided to try to improvise lines over what's happening. Th- that's exactly what I think happened. Is uh, They were like, okay, here's the situation that's going on. Just shout out random lines that you think would be said at this moment and because there were some completely random things that were stated because and and we'll get to it later because my worst line is one of these examples but like somebody would say something and then you would hear a couple of other lines in random succession that maybe should have been in a completely different order yes because we're not even talking about that anymore and now we bring it up again it was, it was weird. So cut to the next day. The kids are playing with this magic stick they find in one of the rooms. Which they call a radar stick. Yeah. I had no idea what this was. I did. Not, they stole not. it from the Prince of Space. <laughs> well, pretty much. And you never even see it come back up. It's like they're going to use it like a weapon or something like that, but they never do. It's just it's like a radio stick. that. Ma- no, you think it's, like it's going to be some, like, it's going to end up being... Some key to discovering the weakness of the Neptune right. men or something no, like that. The movie no. was two minutes too no. short on time, so they decided to add this scene. It's something they that they poke little, things with, and then they right. drop and it a couple of times. A, a little reference to the robot from Lost in Space. It's Robbie the, Robbie robot, the robot from Forbidden Planet. Thank you, from Forbidden Planet. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's a, I mean, he's there. That is the robot, the toy. Correct. That is Robbie the robot. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So they needed to fill in a couple minutes, so there you go. you got a radar stick and Robbie the robot. While they're on the porch, they, uh, while they're on the patio, 
where the fuck are they? No, while they're on the balcony, they see this little strange small orb thing coming down. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what it is, but they pick it up off the street and they rush it over to the scientists. Because it starts beeping. and It starts beeping after he touches it. Yeah. And not just touches well, yeah, it, he, turns, he turns a knob, a knob. on it. Because yep. they're looking at it and they're like, I don't know, what do we do? And one of them looks like he's going to just to touch it, just to see what it does, and then reaches in and turns a knob on the side of it, and then it starts beeping. Yep. Yep. Like, what Are you trying to kill everybody? Really? They, they <sighs> take it over to the scientists, and the scientists interpret it, the, the beeps, and they decide to play it backwards like a Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. album. Yes. <laughs> and this voice... It sounded like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. It did. It yeah, did. I wrote that. Yeah. It did. <laughs> but it begs the question. It, it, it's, it's, it, this entire recording is issuing a warning from the Neptune men. You know, you're going down. We're going to take over. Resistance is futile. But mm-hmm. if you know how to translate the English language over to them, why make it so complicated? I mean, why make a puzzle out of it? I mean, what if they didn't solve it? Then it's like, well, that was a waste of time. Storms start because... A dust cloud. A dust cloud. Yeah. It, it, it suddenly makes, makes a big deal how, how all of a sudden the weather is starting to change right. and get crazy. And in the meantime, while this is happening, this crazy storm, we get these decoy Neptune men disguised as military soldiers. As soldiers, yeah. And I guess the extent of their disguise includes eyeliner and, and lipstick. Yes. They looked very pretty. They were very pretty guards. But they just... <laughs> appeared from behind a tree after a flash of lightning. They shoot these other guards, these actual human guards, and they have this weird death effect where they fall up against the wall and they do a a crossfade of them out, but replace it. They basically spray-painted their outline against the wall. I kind of liked that effect. It was was creative. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but yeah. W- once again, an allusion to the effects of a nuclear bomb. And unfortunately, you never see it again. It'd be great if we No, that's the only time it. they use it in the whole right. movie. Can we just mention that Space Chief doesn't appear during any of these fights? Oh, no, fights. he doesn't appear during any he of these fights. Only he, when the kids are only, involved. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. the only time. So when the kids are threatened, that's when Space Chief arrives. Mm. But everybody else, everybody else can, can go fuck, fuck off. right off. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're going to have to wait for Godzilla. So the kids get start to get threatened by the lipstick-clad Neptune yeah. men. They spot them. And, <laughs> and, and before the space and chief b- shows up. point the rifles, like, directly at their faces. Right. But they yeah. don't do any. I mean, again, like, I get it. they're not going to obviously kill the children. Sure. But they have so much time to actually fire. They just fumble, and they start to shuffle around a little bit, and then space chief shows up and saves the right. day. Because space yeah. chief was late for his cue. Although, yeah. just think... <laughs> the level this movie would hit if they actually did kill one of the kids. Like, halfway through this movie. Dude. May I recommend Kenny? <laughs> That's, why am I laughing? Yeah. <gasps> Not because I wanted Kenny to die. Right. Just because I wanted the response to be, oh my god, they, they killed, killed Kenny. Kenny. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why that didn't occur to me. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So, yeah, so then Space Chief arrives, and then all of a sudden, he they shoot. go back. Well, no, no. First, he, he, he pulls out whatever he, his weapon is and shoots one of the decoy guards, and then suddenly all of them revert back yeah. and then fall over dead. And it's so weird. Yeah, it's like, very weird. we don't see how they get into their disguise. Like, I didn't realize it was some illusion they put on. Right. Wouldn't it have been better 
If they had just taken off their cost, their clear right. Rocket Man costumes, yes. this is what they look like. But yeah, it was this illusion. And what it did was they actually weird. accomplish? It, it like, didn't accomplish anything. Because Dr. Tenaway is now sick with something, but I just it sounded like there was natural causes. He right. was sick before. The, he, his daughter mentions yeah. that he's sick at the top of the movie. So he's, and right. then he's getting even sicker, but we don't know why. But did these no guys make him wrong. sick? Because they go into the building and they leave, but we don't know what they actually did. It's never told to us. No. No, and, and that's, that's the main issue with the whole movie. Yeah. Is that they throw some scientific shit at you, but it doesn't make sense. It, it, it makes no sense at all. Uh, they, they try to explain this happening clearly because we need this to happen in order to get to this point in our story that we're trying to tell. But there is no explanation that makes sense. It just is. And let's just keep moving on. Nothing to see here, folks. And while all this is going down, Tabana is working on these new missiles, which... I don't know why we didn't just fire our arsenal that we had before. Right. But, uh, and, and at the same time, we learned that apparently the Neptune men are fucking around with the weather, so it's confirmed, because the next day we get snow. So uh, it snows for like a couple of hours, right. and then everything's fine. And everyone treats it like it's, a, this the stakes b- like it's an everyday high. occurrence. Right. So, not even that. The kids are the only ones bothered by this. I'm sorry. Right. If you live in any kind of tempered climate like this, you're not going to be complaining about a fucking snow if you're a kid. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but the stakes are never high. People don't seem to really be nervous no. yeah. about anything. Well, that's the question. What are the stakes here exactly? I have no fucking clue. Because so far, all we've seen from these from these antagonists, I'm air quoting so hard, is they've ro- turned clocks back, they've reversed record players, our trains run the opposite way, which, you know, they're still getting something somewhere, so they're still doing their job if you really break it down. True. And they've gotten kids out of school for a couple of hours. And they've like, shot the some people. They, you know, they well, have yeah. killed I mean, some people. Uh, yeah, well, and they've tried to ba- break through these barriers, but otherwise, they're not really a threat. No. No. They're as incompetent as they look. Yes. That's the problem. Clumsy. But, the, but I guess it's a good time now because everyone starts panicking over this whole snow situation afterward. And then it's from here that the aliens actually start doing some shit. Yeah. Because their their mothership comes down to Earth. I guess they get through the barrier? Oh, no. This is the one that's already inside. Yes. And it releases these crab cake-looking saucers, <laughs> like these little TIE fighter-looking things. Yeah. yeah. A- and that starts firing on everything. And then, by everything, I mean everything. Yeah. Why didn't they just do this before? I have no idea. Yeah. They should have done this the very first time. And and they we just see this these long reused shots of them just fucking shit up, yeah, blowing up buildings left and right. And it's finally, it, it or fi- as one of the descriptions said, blowing up stock footage left and right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Space Chief finally arrives in his rocket convertible, and, <laughs> and and starts chasing them around. They start having this space battle back and forth. And I wrote down during all this, at least they blew up a monument to Hitler during all this. Yes. If you had to give True. them credit for destroying anything, at least it was that. Yes. Which, what? What? Why? Yeah. No idea. Why Again. is there a, a monument of Hitler Again. in Japan? No this is almost 20 years after World War II. And no, no sense of place. While this is all happening, you know, he's destroying all these ships. The rockets are finally finished, and they're fired by a technician that sounds like Kurt Woodsmith. Did you know the guy? <laughs> Can you fly, Neptune? He uses this and it blows up the mothership. And yay, WMDs. 
Yeah. Because that's what this movie, this whole movie led up to. Japan developing yeah. weapons. And then we have this epilogue with the kids in Tabana by a fountain. There's nothing that really happens in this scene. It doesn't really lead anywhere no. other than to show, like, hey, it's kind of a happy ending, upbeat. We never learned who the space chief is. We assume it's going to be Tabana. Right. Like, and that was a question I had. Were we supposed to assume that it was Tabana? Because I- there's one moment where somebody asks Tabana, mm-hmm. where have you been? So I'm wondering if that's supposed to be our clue. But we never get it established that... Tabana is indeed space chief, but I think we're we're led to believe that. I, I think we were led to think that because we saw Prince of Space, right? <laughs> and that's we what happened decided. in Prince of Space. Okay, it's cool. I'm down. But yeah. <laughs> I I sincerely believe that this is the same dude from Prince of Space. And it's yeah. the same costume. I mean, because seriously, that's yeah. what that's what I was looking up Short just a minute cave. ago when uh, they they released an invasion of the Neptune Man and Prince of Space to together in a drive-in double feature DVD. Oh, so the DVD has both of these movies, like the first movie, Watch Invasion it of the Neptune yeah. Man and Prince of Space. <laughs> oh, and they have his picture on the front of it. Can you tell me which movie this one's from? I'm showing Adina. A, a picture, ne- a cover of the DVD. It's is that Neptune. is that Prince or the Space Chief? That's, ne- that's space or Prince Chief. of Space. I don't know. I want to exactly. Say it, I want to say it's Space I Chief. I don't know. But I don't know because they're wearing the same exact costume. That's crazy. The only reason I know this is the Prince of Space is because there are those little wings on the side of his helmet. Oh yeah. He did Dude. not have those in Neptune Men. All right. But other than that, it is the same exact costume. Yeah. But for whatever reason, since he never revealed who he was, they just called him Space Chief. Yeah. That is it for the movie. So let's go ahead and take a quick break and be back to you with some trivia. Wow. Okay, we are back. Zip, you got some trivia on this one, I hear. In noticing the similarities between... The two movies, Prince of Space and Neptune Man. Just looking up the writing credits, there are two different people credited with creating the stories for either movie. So Masaru Agami is credited as creating the story for Prince of Space, whereas uh, Akiro Watanabe is credited for creating the story of Invasion of the Neptune Men. However... They are only credited with the stories. The writer is Shin Morita for both movies. So, according to these credits, he wrote both movies. No way. Okay. Even though uh, two completely different people are credited with coming up with the stories. Wow. So okay. I still think that these were this like Neptune Men was meant to be a sequel. To Prince of Space. I'd totally buy that. But maybe, perhaps, it's a different production company did it, and they didn't have the rights. I don't know how movies work in Japan in 1960. Either you dig anything else up? Yes, yes, yes. Sonny Chiba. If you don't know who Sonny Chiba is, look him up. Get your life. I mean, seriously. (laughs) You've you've seen him before, probably. Um, If you've seen Kill Bill, motherfuckers, he's Hattori Hanzo. So, um, this guy has been in... Everything. He's almost in oh. 200 movies. Yeah. Like he's and he's, still, he's still 
around and he's still acting. Yep. And that's not how he was um, credited in this film, but that's what he goes by in American films. Uh, he goes by Sonny Chiba, and he's phenomenal. Yeah, he really is. And he was great in this. Okay. And, yeah. and he wasn't as good an actor then as he is now. You know, this was one of his first films. 200 movies later, but I he's think he's a good-looking kid. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. What, what, what? I'm sorry. What'd you find? Sonny Chiba. Yeah. Played Space Chief as well. We were... He played Space... No, probably because he had the martial arts experience. Wait a minute. Are you talking about Prince of Space? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> no. Space Chief. Okay. In Neptune Men. Okay. He played Tabana and the Space Chief. Okay, so they were the same person. Maybe they're setting up They were played sequel. by the same person. It's Prince of Space. Well, he was the only young male adult in the entire movie. Well, I mean, a couple of the reporters were I young. Mean, yeah, but so you know, it wasn't going to be that yeah. douchebag okay. that abandoned the kids. Yeah. Beyond that, I got that there was a ton of stock footage used in this movie. No shit. Uh, from something called World War II Breakouts, another film. Hence the Hitler building. Why the editor oh, thought that would be a good idea. Right. Beyond me. Huh. <laughs> Let's see, what is, what is, what is going on? Show us. See this stick? It's really something big. All right, moving along to best line, worst line. I, I couldn't really. Um, I had a couple of for, for worst. I could give you my best of the worst. Tanaway, but this was early on in the movie, and they were trying to figure out how to combat the Neptune men. He says, there is not one weapon we can win this fight with. I fear you will have to try and invent it the hard way. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. So that's my best line. My best line was the one that made me laugh the most. It's when the kids see the little machine coming down. And this is all because of the dubbing. This is when the kids see the little machine coming down. And one of them says, I'm going to read this exactly how I heard it. Okay. <laughs> Gee, look at that machine. Now, they're clearly saying, look at that machine, but it sounds like they're saying, vagine. vagine. <laughs> and he has like a little sexy little lilt over yep. too. Yep. Vagine. <laughs> wow. Zip. <clears throat> hmm? What? Line? I you don't honestly have one. do not have a best line. Okay. So, my worst is right after the snow happens, and these two ladies are walking down the street, and one says, they say spacemen caused all that snow. And the other one said, I heard. Anything can happen these days. And the other one goes, hmm. What? Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly. Pointless much? Right. Those are the, the exact stakes of this whole movie. Oh, snow was happening that was caused by spacemen for two hours. Anything can happen, Myrtle. <laughs> Let's go into this store and buy some new shoes. Yeah. That's no. <laughs> there you go. My worst line was from Tabana. It's when he's talking to the other doctor, the other scientist. He, it's because, again, this is all about the dubbing and where he puts his inflections and pauses. In regards to, uh, I think they're talking about the barrier and technology and whatnot. He says, I can't tell. I must look into it all properly first. Okay. All properly like. Properly, proper like. Uh, my my worst line um, is, and, and as I said before, this this is an example of how bad the dubbing was. Because, like I said, I think even for group scenes where everyone's supposed to be 
murmuring together. All of those lines were recorded individually and just spliced together, but they are completely wrong. So it's uh, before they fire the, the missiles, they, before they fire the barrage of missiles, the, the entire country's supply of <laughs> air or ground-to-air missiles. Yes. There's like 80,000 missiles that fire. It, there, there's some sort of like they're, tr- they're trying to fix some sort of malfunction. I don't know if it was... I can't remember if it was the the energy dome thing machine that they were trying to fix or one of the missile things that there, something was malfunctioning they had to fix it before they could launch the missiles. Yes. It was confusing. And they're running to go fix whatever this thing is and they're asking him why is it so important to fix this thing and basically the reason is is that if he doesn't fix this specific thing it could cause a massive explosion pretty straightforward as this is a bad thing and then immediately after he says that is we get a collection of random lines from all the people there with him for some reason and they're like oh my goodness what are we going to do blah 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 And the very last line you hear is, how bad could it be? (laughs) Do you think that should have come before the line about the massive explosion? I think so. But it's just, well, how bad could it be? We'll be fine. fine. Fuck it. All right, drinking game. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh. Anytime the kids are left... To their own devices, like yes. when a, when somebody just lets them go play or just leaves them on their own. Yep. Yeah. Every time I barrier is said. Yes. Oh God. Barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I say down your drink every time uh, the uh, Neptune men have their arms straight up in the air. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what did they do right in this movie? I, I thought, like we were saying before, the cinematography was aces. There were some really beautiful shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought some of the special effects weren't terrible. Like for 1961, I think there were some things that that I thought, oh, yeah, I totally buy this. I don't see any wires. You know, I'm I'm seeing right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for all the, I mean, it was obvious that all of the the flying things, the spaceships, the 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 rocket propelled car, all of that stuff were obviously models being pulled right. on strings. But it wasn't jerky. You couldn't see the strings at right. all. Yeah, when the, when uh, the it was very car smooth. They were things were time? flying very smoothly through the air. Yeah. So yeah, so I think they did some of that really well. Uh, even when it's superimposed over shots on ground. Like yeah. when they're just when they're shooting up in space, then yeah, they're just doing it in front of a backdrop. Right. But there were several shots where they superimposed it over shots of people like on the ground looking up and you see it come flying yeah. in and the perspective is really good. Uh, the, they did an excellent job on that. They did a good job there. Um, there were some beautiful cars in this movie, so I'm going to give them that. Right. Um, I got nothing else. Because the dubbing was so bad. Yeah, right? it was horrible. So, I mean, some of the acting was good. I thought Tanaway and Tavana were just... I, I mean, thought the kids were good. The, Without their voices. Yeah. Right. And they were very expressive. And I thought Tanaway's daughter was lovely, but we didn't get to really see her. And she got shit on for almost the entire movie. Pretty much. <laughs> they treated her so poorly. It wouldn't surprise me if there was like a, 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 an earlier draft of this movie where Tabana's background and connection to the space chief was more explored, and so was her story. Like, yeah. Right. More, like, almost like he was the definitive main character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, they had to... 
keep it going. Oh, like I don't. Well, know. Throw, they threw kids. They cut into some of that stuff audience. out just to I, keep it. Yeah. Keep it yeah. moving. Whatever. I guess I don't know. Well, Zip, what you do know is what this what grade this movie is going to get on the flaming cinematic turd meter. <laughs> it not it, it's not a horrible movie. I, I just I don't know if all of the 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 plot details that were so either lacking or non-existent to help make a bit more clear as to what was happening throughout this film. If it was just a simple matter of being lost in translation, literally. Poor <laughs> um, editing? Or, or just, yeah, or the, the horrible, horrible editing of all of the dubbing. But, like I said, it's, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a horrible movie by any means, but it is, it's just not very interesting. It doesn't really go anywhere, and just, it's not worth it. Correct. You know? Agreed. I mean, uh, to 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 feel like an almost clone of Prince of Space, Prince of Space at least was more entertaining to make fun of, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But not so much in this. I don't know. It, this one, although the cinematography was good, it, it 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 just it didn't feel as imaginative for a sci-fi movie as others could be. So it's ultimately its biggest sin is just being fairly boring. Um, so for that, uh, I'm just going to go middle of the road with a three. And that's it for this episode of It Came From The Bottom. Once again, brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Next time, Gilles.